Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back after the NHL Draft Lottery. Plenty to discuss on this show. We're going to, you know, talk about uh, what happened with uh, that draft lottery. <laughs> A lot of interesting things going on with that. We'll spend some time on that, and then we will talk about the top picks Um you know the ducks might go for so we got a couple players on there that will kind of toss around and not 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 all of the players available but a few that we'll go uh through and look at and discuss. hey mike yes hey i'm really sorry i i, I had a cough and sneeze right now because i'm That's really fine. allergic to bullshit yeah i'm talking about the, the, the draft lottery but sorry to interrupt i'm fine now people go go, go. <laughs> Sorry, I just the bullshit happens at street. <coughs> does it, it happens again? And, and, and yeah, we we'll go over it, and then we'll talk about the Ducks. They 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 did pick uh, Matt McIlvaney, uh for the uh, the goals coach. We'll talk about some prospect stuff, some more trade rumors, and a little bit about the playoffs. So so plenty to discuss on. There's plenty of action. So just a reminder, we're part of the Old City Sports Network. Um, yeah, check out. Their website also they got a lot of sponsors on there. Uh, Norse Beards is one for all your grooming needs. Um, use the code OCS for a discount. So okay, with that let's uh, <laughs> get into the draft lottery. Eddie Eddie kind of tipped his hat at what what he thought about it, and a lot of you out there were you know extremely upset with this draft lottery. So just a quick recap: the Ducks had the highest chance to get the number one pick. Columbus was second, and then Chicago was third. When the televised show was done, <laughs> we found out that the Ducks ended up being second. Uh, Chicago ended up getting the first pick, and then uh, Columbus following down to third. And then everybody lost their mind and went nuts. I, I don't know about you, Eddie, but I had a lot of people texting me, um, pissed off. Uh, uh, other people that were sending me screenshots of their social media posts saying, you know, Chicago gets it, uh, they're going to lose their mind, or it's, you know, quote, rigged. Uh, people are just going nuts, uh, plus the way it went down, uh, which which we'll dive a little bit more into that. There's a little bit more, if, if you didn't know, there was actually a, a video of the actual drawing, which we'll, uh, we'll go into that. But um, the televised show got p- uh, people freaked out because Kevin Weeks said that Columbus was uh, third and it was between the Ducks and the Blackhawks and then it cut to commercial, but they never flipped the card. So people were losing their mind about that, but then they're also not realizing that there is the drawing that's done before that. So, you know, it, I don't know. I think that was just a little bit of a, a mix up there when they did it. But of course, caused more drama. Um, <laughs> a lot of you guys sent us in your fan questions and you are not happy. <laughs> and uh, what what did you think, Eddie? I, I mean, the Ducks dropped a second. I, you know, I don't. It seemed like people weren't so mad about that, but they're really not happy with Chicago getting the first pick. I think it was absolutely fucking bullshit. And there's my first f bomb of, of the show. I was furious. I was pissed off. Uh, we as Ducks fans endured such a shitty season. And I was like, holy shit, or you know what, holy fucking shit, my bad, uh, have the, our guy can, he can beep that second one out, but I was pissed, uh, I was just filled with a lot of emotion, really mad and upset, and it just sucks that Chicago got it, and I, I guess 
like like we were talking about off the show about whole thing about being rigged, but it's just there's so many factors into this that that seem like it's just something's not right. That little hairs in the back of your neck stand up. It's just so dumb how Chicago ended up getting that, especially all the history that Chicago just recently had, and and the Ducks have to get it. Or the Blue Jackets either. Like I, I, their their fans and their organization has dealt with a lot of struggles and adversity, and they've been with their team thick and thin. For them to to drop down to the third and not even get the second one, the, I guess the quote unquote consolation prize. I, I think it was just it was so dumb, Mike. And and we talked about it. I know a lot of fans um, are just as pissed off. I'm still kind of pissed off and bitter about it too. It just didn't seem right to me. And Ducks fans, we really had our, our heart set on getting a generational uh, player that can help turn our franchise around in the next year or so. And and not just um, one player. I know it's it, it's the team mentality, and one player is not going to automatically get us in the playoffs. But that one player was a, such a big hype and such a big skill, like a McDavid and a Crosby player. He's going to bring more coaches to interview. He's going to bring more free agents that want to sign and play with him. But now it's just... We had to wait and see how the second overall pick goes, whoever we pick. Yeah, and we'll get to that in a minute. And, uh, yeah, you're right. A lot of people were, were just – it was crazy how upset people were. I was getting all kinds of messages, like I said, uh, uh, people, t- you know, saying different things and, and upset. Uh, some of the you know comments and questions you guys sent us, we had uh, Ian, 10 uh, Bears alone, that said, you know, why don't they actually do a live uh, lottery draft anymore? Um, we had another one, uh, Brandon Pershin, same thing. You know, how, how do they not do it live? Uh, and then Pearson Rocky asked, uh, you know, does anybody from the organization actually witness the lottery? So a lot of you were upset and asking questions. And I'll actually post the link to the YouTube video in the description box. It, you know, depending on your platform, it should, it should show up. If it doesn't, you can go to YouTube and I'll have the link in there as well um, on our channel there. But there is an actual video, which I was surprised because I, I, I forgot. I saw someone post a video linked to it. And I was like, oh, here, here's the actual drawing. And it's a 16-minute video. Uh, it's Gary Bettman fumbling around with a bunch of papers for like 10 minutes. And it's kind of boring because he just really goes over the rules. But it's like, oh, my God, get to the drawing. And then they show the actual drawing, drawing one and drawing two. And he kind of explains it with the combination of the balls and whatnot. They've got some of the NHL media there. They do have some representatives from some of the teams there. And, you know, when I saw that, I, I mean, it eased my mind a little bit because I'm like, oh, okay, here's the drawing. They did it, you know, they, they the way the combinations work is there's a thousand combinations. There's four balls um, with all the num- you know numbers uh, going from one all the way down for those in the, in the draft. And then um, it breaks it down by the percentages, basically. And they have a sheet with these codes on it. But a lot of people still weren't happy. I remember I posted it and I still got all kinds of comments, you know, same thing, uh, attacking it. And to me, what doesn't make sense is why not do it live? I mean, like have this drawing and and show the two draws and have the guy pushing the little buttons like in this video and like hype it up and blow it up. And, and, And I mean, you can get tons of viewership and whatever sponsors and do all kinds of stuff. And I mean, they didn't do that. And then... I never really saw it promoted anywhere. Like it's on the NHL YouTube channel, but I didn't see it on their social media. There's not like an email link, like relive the draft lottery, you know, or anything like that. Like, I, I don't know, unless I missed something, I, I didn't see it anywhere. So that part 
kind of it's kind of weird it's like why don't you just do it live and, and and blow it up and like make a big production out of it i i don't know like if i was the commissioner that's what i would have done eddie yeah definitely and you know what i don't want to be like conspiracy theorist but i i believe in too many coincidences it just doesn't make sense to screw up um and then that video that video seems so freaking staged and you, you're trying to prove what date it is and uh, you have all these NHL corresponders, these high-profile uh, media guys for for hockey, trying to prove to you how legitimate it is. It just all that just keeps telling me it, you're guilty. A guilty dog always barks. You, you, if you're a police officer on the street and some guy is telling you how much he's innocent, even though he has a gun in his hand and he has a bag full of money from your local bank, and he's there convincing you he's innocent, it just that doesn't make sense to me. I, I think it's total bullshit, and this is. Part of the reason why a lot of fans and hockey's has been dipping in the last few years because things like this. Why not have it live? You don't have to spend the money to put it on NHL Network or ESPN. Just have a live stream on your on your website. And like you said, Mike, you know what? To be honest, before you even mentioned it, I didn't even know the NHL had a YouTube page. That was new to me. I thought it was just. And I didn't even think about it when you posted it, and I saw it when you posted it on on the um, Ducks and Pucks. You posted it on your personal page. I didn't even think about, oh, they have a YouTube page. I never knew they had a YouTube page. So that's just kind of news to me. And it seems kind of fishy that they won't even post it and throw that on their, their Twitter, which is big, their their Instagram. It just There's so many factors and so many like things that, that just make it seem like it's not legitimate, especially when you keep coming out and trying to prove how legitimate something is. That just tells me it's total bullshit. And I mean, I'm not dumb enough to believe maybe i'm just being dumb right now maybe i'm being bitter because uh chicago got it which they don't deserve but it just it's just so stupid and you know what chicago too they've been wiping chicago's ass for so many years and i know like chicago's one of the united states teams that they bring the biggest revenue and we were talking about that too that it's like 2.5 million dollars in a few hours in uh season tickets which coincidentally the chicago blackhawks had their season ticket reps on standby just in case you got the first overall pick, that's kind of a weird co- uh, coincidence too. But it's just there's so many factors that just scream this is bullshit, and not legitimate, and it just sucks because the Ducks got screwed and the Columbus Blue Jackets got screwed too. It's just it's it's totally not fair, and I, I think hockey is just the way it's going, and especially this now, and it's just it's just dumb. And it was it was every fa- I seen Kings fans even bitching about it. Kings fans on Twitter. We're bitching and crying about how the Ducks didn't get the first overall pick and how Chicago did. So it's that's just really weird. And the whole Kyle Beach situation, too. You cover up a sexy candle for that many years in favor of your Stanley Cups and what you get a $2 million fine. You have uh, Coyotes. Uh, what was that, Mike? Uh, Coyotes were doing the, the offseason with, with their uh, with their prospects or something, future the- prospects doing some training, right? Yeah, it was the it was the pre workouts that they got in trouble for, and then and then New Jersey had the uh, Kovalchuk contract, which had some issues or whatever. And both those teams lost their first round picks, but yet Chicago has this you know black mark of a history that has come to light recently, and and nothing. You know they're still able to get a first round pick, and then like you were talking about the coincidences of everything, having the ticket sales reps on standby, Kane gets traded to New York, Taves is done. So like, oh, they lost all these people. Now they bring, uh, you know, Chicago in the fold, get the first pick, Bedard goes there, they make tons of money. 
Anaheim, Columbus are smaller markets. They're not going to make as much money. I mean, it's just kind of weird just putting that together. But even if you, if, even if you, you, you're listening to us and you're like, you know, both of you guys are full of crap. It's legit. Okay, that's fine. But here's the thing: why pre-record the drawing? Just do the drawing live. That'll get rid of all a lot of this criticism. I mean, people are going to complain, just to complain because there's always those people. But if you have this live and make a big production, whether it's streamed like you talked about, Eddie, or maybe you do do have an ESPN or NHL Network or, or NBC, whatever, you know, however you want to do it, that takes away a lot of the, the issues because it was weird when Bettman was there in the beginning and he's like holding up the newspapers. Hey, it's the New York Times, May 8th. Like, like why, do, why do you need to do that? Like, that's just kind of weird to me. And, and the way he was fumbling the papers, it was like he was nervous during that video. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just got a very, very weird vibe uh, from him, uh, that part. But, I mean, I was glad that there was a video and it showed the drawing. But uh, as a lot of you pointed out, it's like, well, you could edit videos. Yeah, absolutely. You can edit videos. You can do retakes. Yeah, you can do that too. And, th and that's the problem is, is with having something pre-recorded, anybody's going to question that no matter what. So... It's just unfortunate. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But I think the big thing, like you said, Eddie, is that uh, people, uh, including us, it's like, you know, Chicago gets it after all that. And then the Ducks and Columbus get screwed. But then what was funny is the universal dislike of Chicago I saw on social media. I, you know, every every fan base of every other team was not happy that night. And and to me, that was, that was at least the, the hilarious part of that, you know, whole process. Yeah, it was like one night, every fan united against Chicago. You know what? They have a piece of shit organization. They have a piece of shit fan base. I'll say it. They were non-existent. You could, if you ask their fan base who was captain or who was their star players before Taves and Kane, they can't tell you shit. They're they're so obnoxious and arrogant, all because they have their three cups or whatnot. Like, like half those, they're just bandwagon fans. All of a sudden, everyone's jumping on back on the bandwagon. If if Chicago went to those dark days again. They wouldn't get that many that much traction anymore, Mike. Back in the day, before the Taves and the whole Kane situation, before they became a powerhouse elite team at Honda Center, there was not like the Blackhawks fans invading Honda Center and that many. They, they were non-existent, and all of a sudden now they get another generational player handed to them by the NHL. Now they're all back and and full front. You know what? It's just I don't want to wish any ill will against this kid, but I really kind of hope he's a bust, which. He's not. I'm just now that comment was just me being just bitching about it. Like, I definitely don't want him to be a bust. I want him to have a great career. He's a really talented young kid and he works his ass off, which what I've been reading and seeing like he does. But it just still, it just still just bullshit. And it sucks that we can't, like, like no one, it doesn't seem like no one's moving forward from it, but. I mean, it is what it is now. Uh, what can we do? We can sit here and cry, which I'm going to cry about it a few more times. Maybe uh, when I down this White Claw that right, I'm drinking. And we forgot to talk about our drinks, Mike, but I'm drinking Mango White Claw. Maybe when I down this, I'll feel a little better. But it's just it's just really frustrating. I think the Ducks should have had that pick. Uh, the first ever, uh, first overall pick that we should have had. And, and like I said, too, this is the second time in a row we lost a generational player. So what, we have to wait another 10 or 14 years to have that. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the Constellation Prize, oh, well, second pick. If if Bedard wasn't there, this person would have been first overall. Like this, That argument is so stupid. Shut the hell up, fans. I hate hearing that because if McDavid wasn't in that draft, Ico would have been picked. So it's just like if, if every draft lost their first overall pick that got picked, that second overall pick would have been first. 
most drafts, but you know what? I'm done. I'm done crying. I'm done bitching. Um, I'll probably cry a little bit more and bitch about more, but I mean, I guess I'll end this uh, and then send it back to you, Mike, on, on a positive note and try to look at the positive. The 2017 draft, I know the Avalanche had, um, they're supposed to have the first overall or something like that. Well, they dropped, I think. They dropped. They ended up picking the fourth overall pick. Uh, Nico Heeshire went to the Devils first overall. But the fourth overall pick, you know who that was, Mike? That was Kale McCarr. And that's the best pick and a franchise player from that draft. So once we get to talk about the draft, hopefully our second overall pick will be another franchise player as well as Bedard will, but hopefully we get another franchise player, someone like like McCarr, not the same play style, but the same kind of caliber he could bring to our our, our organization. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, you know, nothing else really to add to the uh, draft lottery. Just, hey, do it live, folks. Make a big production out of it, you know, but whatever uh all right so now we oh know we mike got... yeah go ahead one more thing what was your initial reaction when you saw that uh chicago at the first because uh, oh, reaction you know what i forgot to mention too is is they even had the ducks card upside down mm. and had the logo backwards and i posted that, made that photo it, that, made it, that worse. made it even worse that 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 on top of them uh, not getting number one in Chicago, getting it. I was like, you guys flipped the card and it's you're holding it backwards. Like, like I mean, was that like a? I mean, maybe it was an accident, but it's like insult injury. Oh, and the Ducks got second, and then you flip their logo around all upside down and crap. I I don't know. I me I I was pretty pissed off. I'm not gonna lie. When I saw that, I, I was pretty annoyed. I I kind of already felt that that's what it was gonna go when Kevin Week said Columbus. Uh, as third and then it cut to commercial and they didn't show the card and then they said oh between Ducks and Hawks I'm like Chicago already got it and right there in my mind I was like they already got the first round pick and then um, they came back and they showed it and then that's when my phone blew up <laughs> all kinds of people texting me and DMing me like just legit pissed um, you know and yeah I was I was um, I was really pissed and then when I went and saw the video because there was actually a recording of that drawing on YouTube I felt a little bit better about it, and I'm like, okay, I'll post it out there, let people look at it. And everybody was still oh. mad, and everything was all <laughs> blowing up because it's still it just like we said, we've already talked about it. Just kind of wrap it up, but it, it just goes back to the same thing. Um, anything pre-recorded, you know, you can you can mess with that. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, so it's 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 tough. If you do it live, then it's a lot less difficult to scrutinize. Um, so. But yeah, I, I was royally pissed, Eddie. Yeah, same here. I was uh, I was looking forward to. It. I was nervous. I was kind of like pacing in my room. My best friend, he's he's not a hockey fan. He's a he's a basketball fan. He's going for the Lakers. So, like our agreement, I've I've said it numerous times on the show. I'll watch playoff hockey. He'll watch it with me, but I have to watch his Lakers play. So, but yeah, he was like, "Calm me down." Like when it's close, when they the, the, start naming him, he was there. And, he saw my face. He just gave me a hug. He's, I'm so sorry, bro. And I was coming down from a huge, huge hangover this weekend. Then I was like, I woke up for Monday morning at 6 for work, and I was still hungover from Saturday. So I'm like, holy shit. So I'm like, and the whole thing that kept, like, kept me going was like the draft, the draft. We're going to get first overall, first overall. So that was like, like, barely, like, I was like leaning on my desk like, oh my God, really? I had to work. 
And that was like the only thing that was kind of helping me get through the day. And that happened. I'm like, oh my God. And then just everything blew up after that. So, so I, I can imagine you, Mike. People were probably just probably blaming you for it. I almost, if, if, if I wasn't still hung over that day, I probably would have drove my car with pitchforks over there at Honda Center and started yelling. I don't even know why. It just made, would make me feel better. Who knows? But I mean, it is what it is, I guess, now. All we have to do is look forward to the future, and hopefully the second overall pick is going to pan out. And, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in all things happen for a reason. So hopefully this was like a blessing in disguise, and we can we, we can get the player, not that uh, everyone wanted, but the player that the Anaheim Ducks need and our fan base needs to kind of rebuild this faster and have someone step into that center position and, 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 and get it done like Getzloff did. Yeah, and 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 speaking of that, we'll um, we'll talk about these other potential players that uh, the Ducks can pick second. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, there's still there's still some some talent there. Still a great you know pick that we can get uh, at at that second slot. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be Bedard unless Chicago somehow magically changes their mind. But uh, a couple of the players that will go over that have you know kind of popped up. Uh, obviously, everyone knows about Adam uh, Fantelli. That's like the big one. That, that's the one that, that seems like the Ducks are going to pick. They're going to go with. Um, we'll talk about Mati, uh, McK- um, uh, McKitchoff. Um, we've got uh, Will Smith, the actor. Just kidding. But uh, yes, Will Smith is another one. And Lee Carlson. So we've got a couple of these that we'll talk about uh, on here and see like what people think. But the first one, the obvious one that, uh, uh, you know, most people are picking, which by the way, uh, Phil Hewlett did a poll and he put Fantanelli, Carlson and Mitchkoff, uh, on there. And then he put like other was his fourth choice, but you guys on Twitter voted 94% for Fantilli, only 3% for Carlson and 2% for Mitchkoff. So I mean, you know, it's not a perfect poll, but that's what a lot of you uh, want. You want Fantilli. Uh, and, and there's a lot of good things about him. I, I mean, if the Ducks do get him at second, that, you know, there's a good good chance he can be a, a really good player for the Ducks. I mean, he's uh, listed at 6'2", 195. He plays center um, at Michigan right now. Uh, last season in 35 games, he had 29 goals and 35 assists. Uh, Ten of those goals were on the power play. Um, a lot of stuff that they talk about is his competitiveness, uh, his power forward game, uh, just the way that he competes, uh, and, and that he's he's more mature physically. Uh, they're, they're saying his uh, one of the scouts said, quote, his maturity is off the charts. It's like watching a five-year veteran. Um, he thinks that the game as well as anyone and has the skill to pull off things that he puts his mind to. You know, they, they like him a lot. Uh, some comparisons, which I mean, it's up to you know to what some people think, but they've talked about Nathan McKinnon, they talked about Jonathan Tabes. I've heard some people say Getzloff 2.0. You know, you mentioned Getzloff retiring, obviously, and, and the Ducks kind of missing that kind of a, a, a person. So a lot of a lot of positive things there from this guy. Uh, we'll still talk about the other three, but uh, if the Ducks pick this, you know, Fantelli second. Uh, I, I would be extremely happy. I mean, it seems like he can do a lot of good things, and he's and he's not a player that's going to take long uh, to develop. Yeah, and I was reading some things too. Uh, I forgot to mention. Um, in one game, I think he had a Gordy Hell hat trick or something, or he had a really good game and ends up fighting. I like that nastiness. We need that for the Ducks. So many years, I I, I don't know how many podcasts I've said it in. Like. <laughs> 
it's like probably every podcast. The Ducks need some kind of identity. They need some kind of nastiness. And we're not getting that at all. There was a player from Philadelphia uh, that's playing with him at the World Junior, or the World Championship right now. Or um, Scott Langton, number 21 from the Philadelphia Flyers, said he's an, a really impressive kid. He works hard. He's, he's NHL ready. He just He's really impressed by him. He was hoping the Flyers could move up to actually have the um, opportunity to draft him. That's how much praise he was getting. If the Ducks don't pick him, I think it's going to be all chaos in Ducks fandom. He seems like he's good to go. He seemed uh, he won the Hobie Baker as a freshman. I think it was Eichel and it was Eichel recently that won it, and then Paul Correa that won it last. Um, only his freshmen is doing that, so he has a he has a lot of great hockey and elite style hockey. Obviously, he's not Bedard and. And, you know, the whole thing, too, with Bedard and Fintali, like, the, the draft, you can't really tell how a player is going to be. There's been players that have been drafted first overall that are supposed to be the shit, and they just were a total bust. I'm not saying Bedard is going to be a bust. I'm just saying you never know how these players can develop, if the teams develop them right. Um, for example, look at Edmonton and uh, Yakupov. He was supposed to be this next great thing, and it, the, the Oilers just didn't de- like develop him right, put him in the, in the wrong role. And he never really succeeded. He had that one year with, with the Avalanche, and he just couldn't do it. Now he's in the KHL. You have Alexei Lafreniere. I'm not saying his name right. It's kind of a hard name to say. But with the Rangers, first overall pick, and the Rangers aren't developing him, uh, develop, developing him right. They're putting him on a third line and expect him to be a checking forward. But no, he has a lot more skill. He's on the trading block now, too, for the Rangers. Uh Kako was another player, uh, person that was a first overall pick that's not uh, performing well in New York. Obviously, those two players in their caliber had a lot of upside, but the Rangers aren't really, I guess, developing like developing them properly. So I think they rushed them too much. They're putting them in, in positions that they're not used to, and that's not the way to go. So who knows? With, with the Ducks draft Adam Vitale, he can just, like I said, be gets off 2.0 and a can. Comparison to Nathan McKinnon, that'd be something just... I think Nathan McKinnon was... I want to say he was one of those players that didn't get enough like steam, but I think he's a generational player. I, I think he's one of one of the top, if not... He's probably comparison to the best player in the world. Him and uh, him and McDavid are probably like neck and neck. I watched him throughout the years as a rookie. I watched him practice every single day. I used to go to the practice a lot. Like Every time I had off, i just shoot up to practice and watch him. Just watch the team because I loved hockey that much. Just want to be, especially I was in the army, so I wanted to get as far away from the base as possible. But I mean, you never know with these drafts. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what you have. So just our fingers are crossed. And if we if we can draft someone like this with the high praises that he has, especially uh, being a comparable to Nathan McKinnon, I mean, you can't go wrong. Like I said, twenty seventeen, Kale McCarr was fourth overall, and look how he's turning out. He's just. Amazing. Uh, when Nathan McKinnon was drafted first overall, Seth Jones is what was projected to be first overall, and people were pissed off. Um, I forgot which uh, which which hockey player was mentioning about like oh like they didn't even have Nathan McKinnon on their radar, and he just turned out the way he is over there for the Colorado Avalanche, a franchise player. So just we have to keep our heads up now. Like nothing we can do unless we storm the in New York that the NHL headquarters and beat up Batman. But I mean, I mean, if you guys do that, it'd be cool. Record a video, but yeah. So all we had to do is just look forward to the future and, and hopefully the ducks could, 
can build off this and and there's a lot more positive than negative i mean we were the the down of the dumps last season so the, i guess the only way up or don't the, the only way to go forward now is up unless the league adds a, another team and we're gonna be below that shit yeah, I mean, I, I like this guy. Everything I've seen, I, I hope they do get him. I, I think, you know, comparing, we'll start, I'll start going to some of these other players too. But, I mean, I'm a big fan too. Looking at what I've seen, the comparisons, they definitely talked about him having more edge and, quote, more snark, which is uh, right up Verbeek's alley. You know, he wants a team that's more in your face and hard to play against. Um, so it seems like this is kind of a guy that definitely uh, Verbeek would go with. Uh, another one that they've talked about uh, is Leo Carlson, another big kid, 6'3", uh, excuse me, 198, also plays center, Swedish player. Uh, he's ranked number one in the um, international skater availability for NHL scouting, um, you know, in the Swedish Hockey League. So, I mean, he's very, very high praise on him. They talk about him also having the look of a power forward. Um, and he's got a game, you know, he's able to score as well. He had... Uh, 10 goals and 15 assists uh, in 44 games in, in his last uh, one of his stints in, in, in the Swedish league. So, I mean, he's, he's able to mix it up and get, uh, you know, goals and assists as well. Uh, big guy, likes to go to the net. That's what we, we want, right? We've talked about it. The Ducks have had issues with that. And um, really good with the puck. You know, it's hard to, you know, get him knocked off the puck and, and, and uh, make it, um, you know, strip it from him and whatnot. So those are all good things that they've talked about uh, him. So uh, I like what I see with him too. I, I mean, you know, they're, they're both, you know, big guys play, you know, power forward type style centers. Um, both seem to have good hockey IQs, both top six guys. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with one or another, but um, you know, just the comparisons, it, it seems like to me in just the limited stuff that I've researched, it's, it seems like, uh, Fantinelli is more ready to go than Carlson, so that that may be a factor. Um, and the comparisons, uh, you know, it, it seems like they're they're really looking at, at Fantelli um, as as a guy like you know that can be a McKinnon or a Getzloff 2.0 or whatnot. So um, I, I like both, but that's kind of the book on Carlson. I don't, I don't know what you what you think if the Ducks don't get Fantelli and they go with Carlson instead, Eddie. If you like him or not, but I mean, he's not a bad option. I, um, you know, he's definitely an argument there if you wanted to take him second. I'm looking forward to grabbing him. Um, there's a few other names we can talk about too, Mike, uh, about the draft, and I don't think the Ducks are going to get, but um, you can go ahead and start off on that. Yeah, the other the other two kind of names that I mentioned too were uh, Mitchkoff, and then uh, you know, like I joke, our actor Will Smith, but. Uh, Mitchkov's another one that's come up 5'10", 172 plays wings, playing out in Russia uh, did pretty good in 2021 he had 22 goals uh, and 22 games and then you also had him with 9 goals and 20 points in 27 games uh, this last year um, you know they, they like this guy uh, they, they like his shot they like his moves um, the way he execute is very good uh, you know there was talk before that he was as high as Bedard even uh, before there was a debate that oh what if he would be up there but then uh, he didn't play as well in the last season because um, he was on one of the the ska teams I guess that was kind of loaded but so they had to put him on the on the Sochi team instead um, so there was some of that going on so that you know they 
they thought that he was doing great uh, in the junior level, but then, you know, maybe he needs more development. He is a smaller guy, so there's kind of some of that discussion there uh, being an issue. Uh, and then the other part of it, too, is his contract. He signed in the KHL till 2026, the end of that season. So 25-26 season. So that's another issue if you're going to get a guy, but then you can't even bring him to play in the U.S. until that time, you know, unless, I don't know, unless something else can be worked out. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. He could drop, too. I mean, with this contract thing, he, he might fall out of the top five. I, I don't know. But he used to be up there, and now he's kind of fallen a little bit down. So, I mean, I still think the Ducks go between uh, Fantelli and Carlson. I think uh, Michikov's a little bit more off the radar, Eddie. I don't know, unless they can work something out. What, what, do, you, what do you think about Mich, Michikov? I was, like, researching this kid a long time ago, too. I, I, I saw some highlights in his videos. Him being able to play in the men's league, he played, what, 2021, 2022. He had the five points in 13 games. But to play in that league, it's it's more fierce in the NHL. There's not as like, much, like, regulations are not kind of a, I guess, like, pulling away from what the NHL is doing right now. I think he would have been second overall and projected if he was able to play over here. The thing is his contract with, with Russia, and if Russia's going to let him go after that contract went on, I think the best bet for him, and if he had some, like, not work out the contract issues, I think he'd be a great addition to the Ducks if he was going to go second overall, if they can work out all the, like, logistics of it, but it's not going to happen. And I was talking to you, too. Like, I think the best thing for him, if the Capitals get him, if they draft him, I think it would um, it would kind of help them get his contract released by uh, – that that St. Petersburg team, and he can just join the Capitals, help Ovechkin reach his his milestone mark to be the best goal scorer ever in the National Hockey League, which he's gonna he's gonna do. But I mean, as far as the Ducks, he's not gonna happen. It's just interesting to see with with this kid. Russia is going through some weird things right now, and I, and the whole thing I want to compare him to, but not skill wise, is Kaprizov. Like Kaprizov waited so long; he played in the KHL. KHL is just what I want to say one step below the NHL and look at it he's like a powerhouse franchise player for the Minnesota Wild he would have been a great addition to the Ducks I think he could have done something really good but this his whole contract which is going to shy a lot of teams away I can probably see a team like Arizona that are a few years away from actually being competitive taking a chance on him and drafting him and hopefully he he comes over there but I think if the Capitals end up drafting him. He drops that low, and the Capitals draft him. He can come to the NHL a lot sooner because Ovechkin has a lot of pull, especially with Putin. Like their boys and Ovechkin, and and especially with with, with Putin, like Russia wants to be on the map. They uh, they want to be known for something and like overcoming and over conquering the, the U.S. for some reason. And Ovechkin being the greatest goal scorer ever in the National Hockey League, that's something that Putin's not going to do, and he has a lot of power over there, so he can nullify this contract and have him go to the Capitals and help Ovechkin or be on Ovechkin's wing, feeding him passes and, and getting those goals to, to be in the National Hockey League. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, I kind of think he drops, though. I, I think teams are afraid to take a chance on him. Um, if it, if he was like there, if the Ducks picked him second overall, I'd be kind of disappointed because it's a big risk to take. Second overall, and where the Ducks are right now, you really have to... Hit, like hit it out of the ballpark. You can't you can't screw up on this pick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. 
It's it's kind of tough. I mean, he like we said, he he did okay at first, and then you know he had a little bit of issues the, the last season. But you know the contract thing too, and then players. You know there was issues with players uh, going back and forth between the U.S. and Russia because you know all the other crazy stuff going on uh, with the war and whatnot. Unfortunately, so that may be. Well, an and then you mentioned his uh, his father passed away too. Right. That's the other part too. His dad just passed away in April, which is unfortunate because. It's tough. Eddie and I both know that. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before. You know, Eddie just lost his dad recently, and you all know that I lost my mom a few years ago. So, it's it's something that's it's unless you've gone through it, it I can't really explain it. It's, it's it's tough. You know, it's it's just uh, it, Eddie and I both get it, know it, and we're not going to go on with all that. But it just that, you know, it's a factor. That's just the main thing. That's why yeah, Eddie brings it. It up. can mess up your game. For it sure, can screw your game up so much. It's like. like 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 my life went upside down. I'm still trying to piece it together, but like a, a professional hockey player, I can't even imagine that having to go to work and not having that proper grieve time. And it's just, you know, I I feel for him and like like, like I told you like like anyone who's ever lost a parent, I feel for them. But but that that can affect your game too. And he might just want to stay closer to home and stay over there to be closer to his dad, especially when he passed away. So it's just a lot of factors with him, but. I mean, he's a hell of a player, and he's. I watched videos of him. He just, he's just so comfortable on the ice. He looks just like like a natural. Like sometimes he looks like a veteran just playing. He's just so the way he moves, the way he skates, his shot. I I love it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of potential there for sure. Uh, I'm just curious, like you said, to kind of see what will happen. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe Ovechkin works something out with the contract or something. If if he did end up going to the Capitals, but um yeah it's just this is kind of a wild card to me in these these first couple ones that you know the names have been mentioned but i i just don't see the ducks going for him i still say carlson or, or finelli are the two um the last one we'll kind of talk about too that have been mentioned and he's been kind of more on the upswing has been will smith the uh, six foot 181 um center you know playing on team usa uh did did really good last year 42 goals uh, you know, in 52 games, I mean, killing at six power play goals. Uh, they've compared him to Trevor Zegras, uh, you know, high offensive skill, uh, player, uh, creativity, quick, fast uh, on the ice, a uh, good two-way player, explosive skater. You know, um, they, they like this kid a lot. Uh, you know, they do talk about size kind of maybe being an issue uh, with this, you know, puck control. But this is another guy I, I don't – see the ducks getting this guy but i i see him maybe creeping top 10 maybe top five uh, i don't know but uh it's, it's just another name that i just threw that in there because he's been kind of coming up lately but i i don't see him um you know being the one that the ducks go for but i keep your eye on him and, and see where he lands because uh uh people seem to be pretty high on this guy eddie yeah um one thing i say about him is a, uh, I want you to keep his name out your mother mouth. <laughs> no, no, you know what? I think Will Smith and uh, Carlson will be kind of fighting for for third overall. But I think the Ducks will pass on him. I, I think Vitaly has a lot more to offer. And his game is so developed. And, and what he's done at the college level. And man, he has a, a lot of, of just more potential Yet an NHL player is talking about him, which I mentioned from the Philadelphia Flyers, how he's NHL ready and his work ethic, and he cares about his game. Um, he's real mature. I read an, uh, a whole article about him. They're asking, like, oh, are you going to watch the draft? And 
He said no, or no, not the drop. I'm sorry, the lottery pickings. He said no because he was in Budapest playing for the the world uh, the world championship right now for Canada. He said no. He's not going to watch it because he wants to study. He has studying to do, and he he he's, his his interview made me seem he's really mature for his age. And I guess that that's what people are saying gets off 2.0 because the way he conducts himself, the way. That maturity level for as young as he is, because when I was his age, I wasn't caring about study. I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go out and do my thing and party. Hey, what's up? But yeah, I think, I think we're. It's not a consolation, but I think we're gonna really have a, a really great pick for second overall, and I think in a t- in the future it's gonna be a blessing in disguise. And and yes, he's not Bedard. He's not gonna be that franchise cornerstone player, but you never know what we have at all. A lot of people were like, we're like, oh, Zegris this, Zegris that. But look at Zegris. Zegris is like becoming that kind of franchise player. He put the Anaheim Ducks on the map. He's been getting, he been bringing a lot of exposure to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Troy Terry, Troy Terry was a fifth overall, or a fifth round pick, not, excuse me, not overall, fifth round pick. And he's a superstar. Yeah, he's a two-time all-star. He's a superstar already. So, And then we have countless players that are coming up. That are going to build this team. It's going to take some time. Maybe not this year or next year. But we're going to have a badass team. And we're going to be really, really competitive. And I can see a few Stanley Cups in the Ducks future. It's it's it's, it's, it's going to be great. And by the way, fuck Chicago. That's my third one. My bad. You can cut that out, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, we have, we have, you know, we're going to talk about in, in, in the actual next segment here, we're going to talk about the goals and the prospects and what's coming up. But yeah, I mean, the Ducks have a great pipeline of players coming up. I mean, I think Fentelli is going to be great. Um, you know, I had, uh, what was it, Patrick uh, McMakin on uh, Instagram asked, you know, is he the second coming of Korea? I, I don't know about Korea. I mean, I, I think he's more and more of a Getzloff McKinnon type player. But I mean, but I, I get what he's talking about because, you know, people talk about the Hobie Baker Award, like you mentioned, and Korea and Eichel are the only other two as freshmen to get it. So I, I get it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think he can be up there, you know. Um, the Mighty Jersey's asking, you know, will our opening uh, will our pick make opening night? I, I don't know. Fantelli, maybe, maybe not. If that is indeed the guy, it's kind of hard to, to tell, uh, you know, who, you know, once we know who we got. But, um, I mean, there's always a good chance. But um, we'll have to see more as the summer goes on. We still have the actual draft, obviously. And then we've got free agency and to see all that kind of stuff. So there's always the potential. But I, I, I lean more towards the no side. Uh, and then one other quick question too we had was Brian Xbox asked, you know, will the Ducks try and trade it for first round pick? And I said, no, I highly doubt that would happen. And then I think Eddie, we were talking about that and you were cracking up because you said Chicago would want like the whole entire Ducks team or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. They would Zegris, Terry, a couple of our star defensemen, get a Gibson. It just eat salary. It, it'd be so outlandish to even even do. It wouldn't even be worth it. It's, it'd be crazy, but. And the whole like opening night roster, I'm kind of torn on that because if he decides to sign with the Ducks, I, I think they would. That's the like their their gaining point. Like, hey, well, if you sign with us, you're gonna play right away in the NHL. And and the way the Ducks roster is, why not? Just, just throw him up there, develop him properly. I mean, if if he's really struggling and he's really fi- not finding his game, then definitely send him down. Don't don't do what Edmonton does and just ho- like hope for the best. But, but, I don't know. He, he has the right size, the right fit. 
his hockey IQ, his skill, uh, and this whole game's changing. It's not like it was before. It's more about skill and, and how you present yourself on the ice. So, I mean, it's going to be fun. And do you see, Mike, the only thing, too, and I want to say this again, and I don't know how many times I said you guys can tally this, but I hope that the, that the whole the culture changes in Anaheim where they can allow them to pick their own jersey numbers. I think it's really important. So, um, yeah. If, if, he, if, he, if he came up and he was like, kicking ass and stuff and he has his own jersey i would love to buy a jersey from him and by the way too if you guys have a an, in a way large 46 zegris jersey i would love definitely love to buy it from you guys so just let me know hit me up on dms so i'm looking for that jersey yeah i mean I, i'm curious to see yeah and, and definitely get the picked own number but yeah they usually kind of let them wait a little bit so um but you, you talked about the development uh, with the players and what's going on. And, and that's a big part of this. And then, you know, we talked about uh, McIlvain on the last show uh, about him being the potential for the Ducks, um, you know, coming to the organization, being the goals coach. And that's exactly what happened. Of course, a couple of days <laughs> after we recorded the podcast, which always happens, something happens, but um, they had a good press conference with him. Uh, I think I posted the YouTube on that as well. You could go to the goal social media. It's on there as well. But um you know, he, he's he's based on talking about, you know, the learning environment, uh, uh, clear expectations. He, you know, he wants to build um, all that and the environment and the culture, which I thought was important. Another thing he talked about was building bonds in the locker room. And I thought this was interesting. He said, quote, if we don't get the locker room right, the big moments on the ice won't happen uh, when you need them to. So I, I thought that was very interesting. And, he, and he's got that similar mindset of wanting to play hard and be in the other team's face, which... Um, you know, Verbeek talked about. So it, it's a good interview, and I'm glad that the uh, the Ducks ended up going this way because we talked about him before. Eddie, the Ducks can, um, you know, use him at San Diego. Uh, and if, if whoever they, you know, we don't know who the head coach is going to be, but if, if they get a head coach and for some reason that doesn't work out, you can bring Matt up, and, and there you go. I think, that, I think we talked about him last year. Like, that's the whole plan. The Ducks aren't going to be competitive next season. Or the season after, it's gonna take a few more years for the Ducks actually to be competitive. So if you're like one of those fans that think they're gonna make the Stanley Cup playoffs and and win next year, no, it's not. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be like bottom five next season, it's just just the way it is. And I'm okay with that because I want these players to develop properly. I want them to find their game, their identity. I want this team to get more grit on their team. I need more protection for Zegers and Terry. Fantale, if he makes the roster, he becomes a, a regular, consistent player for the Anaheim Ducks. I need these players protected. I want them to go run around, do their old, their, their old thing, their skill thing. But we need a lot more work than what we have right now, and just that's my hope. So, um, I, I like his uh, approach on what he wants to do with the goals, and I'm looking forward to see what he does with them, and that's going to be really, really big. But our next coach. I'm sorry to say it's going to be set up for failure. And I think when Verbeek was mentioning in his press conference that he has to, it's going to take kind of longer for the coach search because there's going to be less candidates or something like that. He didn't say it ver- like verbatim like that, but it was something similar to that because a lot of coaches probably wanted to, to draft or to coach a team with a generational player that had a rate, a, a, a guaranteed future, but now it doesn't. So it's just, now we have to just, Go back to square one and 
be patient as Ducks fans. Like, let's not be like Chicago fans back in the day where they just they were non-existent. Chicago didn't even, didn't even matter in like Chicago hockey or Illinois over there. And just trust the process. I guess so that's the best we can do. And Ducks aren't gonna. Like I said, Ducks aren't going to be competitive next season or the season after that. It's going to take a while. But once this team gets going, once our players, our young guns get that experience and that development, this team's going to be dangerous as hell, and we're going to get so much attention. Maybe one day we'll get a, a lottery draft rigged for our uh, for our benefit one time when the Ducks are making that much revenue and 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 doing that. Just like Alice uh, Dossier asked uh, one of the fan questions, that, do you think it was rigged? I'm like hit hit or miss, but I mean, hopefully one day, like I said, the Ducks will just be the powerhouse team, getting that revenue because how good they are, and they can rig it for us. Yeah, and talk about the uh, the development too. Uh, you know, being a, a you know more of a powerhouse team in the future, like you mentioned, Eddie. The the Ducks have a lot of good prospects coming up. I mean, you had three guys win Defenseman of the Year in their respective leagues. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You had um, in the QMJHL, you had Tristan Luneau that won it. The OHL, you had Pavel Minchikov. And then the WHL, Owen Zellweger. I mean, fantastic. And then the Ducks also had the best defensive forward and defenseman, you know, in the in the QMJHL. And then their fourth leading scorer in the OHL. And then, you, you know, you look at McTavish, too. I mean, he was the third leading rookie scorer in the NHL. So there's a lot of positive stuff for the Ducks. I, you know, you did mention next season. Uh, I, I mean, we have to go up. We can't be last. But um, you know, you know, are we going to talk about playoff team? No. I mean, obviously not right now, unless something crazy happens this summer and Verbeek goes out and get you know does some crazy trades or signs a bunch of you know people in uh, free agency. But at the moment, no, they're they're not going to be a playoff team. But they're definitely going to be uh, fun to watch and uh, exciting. Uh, with with this young development that's coming up, and I don't, I'm not saying that we'll see all these guys next year, but if we even get to see some of these players for a little bit, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I think it'll be, um, you know, uh, better than this last year. I mean, this last year was very very tough, very very tough, especially towards the end. And uh, you know, when we we laughed and we joked about the Ducks losing to get a higher pick. Um, you know, and then, uh, you, you know, you talk about Columbus, they got to be really upset because they, they, they could have been up there at the end, but you remember they ended up getting points in these final games and it ended up, you know, pushing them down and they, and, you know, we, we ended up in the first spot, they ended up in the second spot and then they ended up going third. So it's like, Oh my God, I remember the fan, their fans were nuts after those last couple games of the season. So they're in a tough spot, but on the positive side for this team, uh, you know, obviously still need a coach too, but there's a lot of stuff that's uh, down the pipeline. I think it's going to be exciting. And then it kind of rolls into our other thing too, Eddie is like, you know, what are the ducks going to do in the off season? Uh, and that, oh, that we had a, a question too, from Phil and free. He was asking, you know, is, is um, for beacon a buyout anybody on the team? And there actually was a little bit of news uh, about the Ducks, uh, Silverberg was mentioned that he was going to go back to Sweden uh, after his contract was up. So th- I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I mean, you know, if the Ducks are going to try to buy out anybody, I, I don't know that they would buy out Silverberg this next season. I know people talked about it. That Phil and Free guy also talked about, you know, trading um, Cam Fowler. But 
you know, we, we talked about this on the last show. The defense part is a, is a nightmare for this team. Um, that's something that they've got to figure out in this offseason, too, because they don't have a lot of top defensemen. Um, they still haven't figured out, you know, what they're going to do with Shattenkirk. You're going to have uh, Vaka Nainen and Drysdale back. Um, but, you know, the blue line's shaky. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what they're going to do um, with this team. Uh, you know, trade-wise or contract-wise and who they're going to try to bring in, Eddie. Because, yeah, we have all these players that you and I are talking about, but a lot of them aren't going to be ready, as you mentioned, probably till you know, two years out at least. Yeah, and I, I want to note, too, uh, those uh, three defensemen that, that that were defensemen of the year, that was the first in National Hockey League history that they a team got three defensemen uh, for the Canadian Hockey League to be like defensive of the year, so we have a lot to look forward to for those guys. So hopefully uh, we they can develop like, develop properly and stuff and, and go from there. Um, oh, hold on, Mike. I'm reading this again. That's just that that stat is crazy. I I just I can't believe we have three of them. Who do you think makes it next season? I uh, mean, I, I, it's tough. I would say the the favorite would go to Zellwinger, maybe. I lost my train of thought right now because I was just like, I, it's so surreal that the Ducks just, just had that happen. Like, those three prospects are just like defense. Like, that's just, that's crazy. See, so if you want Bedard, these three guys are gone. Uh, uh, Terry, Zegris are gone, and then Gibson's gone. Chicago, boom, let's send the first round pick, but we're jeopardizing our future. See, we have a lot to look forward to. We, we have so much potential to look forward to and so much just. This team's going to be just nasty. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and we did have a little bit more trade stuff again. <laughs> i just touch on this as we're kind of getting towards the end of the show now. But Gibson's name got thrown around again by uh, uh, Bruce Garoach. He, he mentioned that you know the Ducks are trying to get more cap space and, and talking about trading Gibson, which I don't know. We keep hearing this. You know, Elliot Freeman's been on this thing for a while. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean... You know, if Dostal is is the guy, then maybe. But I don't know that Verbeek's made that decision yet. So they threw his name out there in case you hadn't heard that. Um, you know, I I don't know. It, it just it really depends on if if you know uh, we get a, another star goalie for him or Verbeek. Like I said, thinks Dostal's ready to go. So I don't know. Just mention it because it's out there. Another big one too. Uh, well, Mike. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think Gibson should go? Like, do you want him traded, or like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, this is a really big topic, and fans go crazy. It's like a big debate, and it's like Gibson rumors come like up and down. It's like every week a Gibson rumor like comes up. So, what would you like if you're a GM right now? Like, what would you do? I would you I, trade I, Gibson or would you keep him? No, I would try and keep him. I mean, unless you're going to get some kind of star goalie back in return, like some kind of, you know, goalie for goalie trade type thing. I, I just, I don't, I don't see it. Gibson's not the problem. Like everyone gets mad and Gibson this and that and all the stuff. And I don't think he's the problem. I, I really don't. Um, you know, has he been frustrated? Have we seen him take it out on players and we, and we laugh because, you know, he, he puts people in headlocks and he's done some of that and, and hit people and, and stuff. And he has a fiery temperament at times, which I like that about him. But some of it's caused by the team. I mean, to me, 
I wouldn't. I would keep him, and I would work on the blue line. The blue line on this team is tough. And and, and you mentioned the three guys, like you talked about it. I mean, it's a fantastic stat. Those three guys, same year, you know, all all defensive. I mean, it's just crazy. I remember hearing that too, and I was like, what? Um, but they're not ready yet. So like, what you what are you gonna do? You're gonna bring back Shattenkirk? Like like how are you gonna fix this blue line? Because. Um, you know, as as Phil and Freeze talking about, it's like, well, let's trade Fowler. Okay, well, but we got to get someone for Fowler too. Like, if you want to throw out Fowler's name and you want to trade him, all right. But then you got to get a top defenseman for him. So it's like, I mean, the Ducks' defense is is, is just is it's just terrible. Like I said, Vakanainen, you got Drysdale, Fowler. Maybe if you bring back Shattenkirk. I mean, there's just not, you know, you got these fill-in guys, White, Benoit, Beaulieu. I mean, and, and some of them are UFAs and RFAs and I don't know what they're going to do with him. You do have Lacombe um, coming up. That's another one to keep an eye on that he may make the opening night roster and be in there and he could help out. But you're still hurting on that blue line. So I would try to keep Gibson and fix the blue line first. Uh, my only caveat, the change to that would be if you're going to get, you know, whatever star goalie back in return, if even one's available. I don't know that another team wants to trade their star goalie. You know what I mean? So that, that's that's where I think it's tough. Um I think could I see it happen later next year at the at the trade deadline? Like say Dostal comes up next year and just kicks ass in the season and kills it. Yeah, maybe maybe you could see it, and then maybe it wouldn't be for a goalie. Maybe it would be for a defenseman instead, or, or, or picks, or however that would all work out. It'd have to obviously be multiple pieces, not just one. Unless, like I said, it's a star goalie for a star goalie kind of kind of thing. But I would hang on to him for now. Go through the draft. Get your coach, work on the defense, and 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 then wait and see where you're at. You know, in the beginning of the season, Eddie. Yeah, and you're right too. Like my whole take on it, I'm so tired of to get some rumors, but we're yes. gonna talk about it because it, it, it sucks news, so it's part of our job to talk about it. But I want to see like if he want if he wants to be traded, and he requests that, and he wants to go to a playoff team. I think he he's deserved it. He he's played as like his ass off for our team so i mean why not like facilitate that at all but i mean just i'm so tired of hearing this it's like every freaking week it's a gibson rumor by by someone different um right now i i probably wouldn't mind mike i'm probably the opposite of you i wouldn't mind if he gets traded because obviously he he won't be traded for another star goalie his value dropped a little bit because he has terrible i'm sorry he has zero defense in front of him that's why his numbers are really bad. But I think in any other playoff team, he can really pay dividends and he can kind of lead them to a Stanley Cup final. You have a team like Edmonton that's leaning on a rookie right now. He's shaky. You have Toronto. The boys are down 3-1 against Florida, and they have goaltending problems. You have a lot of teams that can use a player of his caliber that can like elevate them to the next level. And he can. I, I see a Stanley Cup in Gibson's future either with the Ducks or getting traded to a different team. So it's just... It's one of those things. That's just, it's just gonna suck. We're gonna hear it every single week. The draft is gonna be worse. We're gonna hear Gibson rumors all the time. It's, it's it's gonna be crazy. But I mean, I'm like, just trade him. I'm tired of hearing about it. And and right now, I'm I'm at the point where Ducks aren't gonna be like competitive for the next couple of years. So if he really wants to go, or if he's just content of just riding the process and and being part of the team, that's fine. But I'm not gonna hold it against him. If he wants to trade, he wants to he wants to be a playoff a goaltender, then so be it. Like 
I think he's given enough for the Ducks to earn that that right to pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, that's that's the thing. If he does say that, if he wants it out, then that may change things up. So I have to see it. Another name that came up too, and you know, you talked about Toronto and the playoffs are still going on. We're going to talk about that too to finish up the show right here. But tied into that is uh, they're talking about Austin Matthews now as a name that's been floating around. Um, you know, he's got another season still. He's $11.6 million, uh, but they throw in his name around. Uh, you know, if, I mean... Say say next season, like we said, the Ducks go with Dostal or they have someone else in mind or whatever, and they want to trade Gibson and and then go get Matthews. I mean, I, I highly doubt that that would happen. I highly doubt that. But um, you know, that's that's another name to look at um, and see uh, that could happen with the Ducks. Uh, some kind of other move. I you know I don't know Eddie. I mean. You know, if he would even be available, but it, you know, there's just rumors that he doesn't want to stay in Toronto. I don't know how true that is. I don't follow obviously Toronto as much, but I'm just throwing that in there because that's another one of the kind of the trade rumor. You know, another player to kind of you know big name player to keep your eye on. That would be cool. That would be sick. But no, he's he's not gonna become the Ducks. That's just crazy. He won't. I mean, like you know what, playing in in California sucks. The taxes, all that bullshit. California is kind of like going down the drain too. I, if I'm a player, I would definitely not want to play over here. So yeah, don't hold your breath on that. I mean, if it happened, that'd be awesome. But he's gonna want the max contract, and at that time, it's I'm sure the contract would be like what probably 13 million for the max. It's just too much for what we don't know what the Ducks have right now. And I mean, if they're that competitive, we can bring that number one. Like center, but it seems like we're like log jam and center, so someone has to go. Like you have Zegris, but yeah, he'll probably move to the wing if Intelli comes in and McTavish, but yeah, it'd be really cool to have him. Um, a buddy of mine went to high school. He posted, because uh, Phil Hewlett he- he- posted about free agents and stuff and bringing players in. He mentioned Ty- like Tyler, but- uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, excuse me, Tyler Bertuzzi. I like his game and. My friend Matt Didier mentioned, uh, he said, guy to uh, play the game, a positive impact. And he mentioned, too, the Ducks have been lacking an identity over the last several years, and this can help address that. Tyler Bertuzzi is a nasty player. He gets in your face. He will make your life hell, but he's so skilled. And I think he would be a great addition to the Ducks. And he was one of the ones, too. When this person posted it, a friend from high school on Twitter, when he posted that, that was my thoughts exactly. That's my notes I was taking for this podcast. So I would want to Ducks to go with someone like that next season. And just hopefully he wants to be part of this rebuild and help. But Austin Matthews would be a dream. That'd be cool. Um, if I had it my way, Mike, who's your number one free agent you would pick? Oh, like, like if... Just coming if, up this. No, 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 no. If they're like just like anybody, any player, like feasible that you want for the Ducks. I mean, it could, so regardless what their contract is, like you're saying, yeah, just, like ha, yeah, ha, anyone. Jeez, man, I, I, you know, 
I mean, he annoys me, but I mean, he he would help the Ducks with B. McDavid, man. I mean, that guy is just disgusting. I I I, I you know, he bugs me because Edmonton and all that other stuff, and you know, come back on Catella just anniversary just came back up because that was my mom's birthday. R.I.P. Mom on on May fifth. I, I and happy birthday to your mom too. Yeah, and I and I and I thanks and I crack up, you know, seeing that that photo of his face after the Ducks, you know, came back. <laughs> But I mean, dude. I mean, really? Like that guy? Really? I mean, Austin Matthews is another one too. I mean, you you, you had like someone like one of those guys in the Ducks team. Holy crap, dude! I mean, and that's that's almost. I mean, that's what I feel like they need. Unless unless they got some superstar defenseman that could score too and and quarterback the you know power play and all that kind of stuff. I I mean so, something like that, but. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't see Matthews happening either. I just throw it out there because there's just chatter that people are talking about. And Bertuzzi's a good one too, like you talked about Eddie, because he's got that snarl, quote unquote, that like Verbeek oh. likes. So uh, you know, that's that's what he wants. He wants teams that are, you know, hard to play against. That's how he wants his team to be. And and, and we know the Ducks aren't like that. They're not like that at all. So, um, you know, I yeah. like his game so much. And he has his dad that played over here that, that won a cup with Anaheim. So there's some ties to it. So his dad's like, hey, it's cool to live over here. Who knows? I would be ecstatic if a Ducks signed like Bertuzzi to a contract. I'd be, I'd probably be the first one to get his jersey if that announcement happened because I love his game. I love his style. I love his missing tooth. It's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um yeah, and with that, we kind of talk about the playoffs here, and then a couple little d- notes on the Ducks at the end. But as as far as you know, talk, we're talking about Matthews and the playoffs, and and Toronto and all these other things. Um, I I thought the the craziest thing was the Bruins getting knocked out. Uh, and as I put on social media, I said the NHL playoff brackets were ruined. Um, you know, they everybody's was booted out. Mine are still going good. Uh, I had a whole bunch of leagues that I did. Uh, I did pick the Bruins in a couple, but I did pick Vegas and Carolina in some of mine. So I still have a chance in some of those leagues. We've still got Dallas and Seattle battling it out at Tide Series. Vegas and Oilers. We talked about the Oilers a little bit with McDavid, right? Nasty series. Guys getting you know uh, suspended and whatnot. They're in a 2-2 tie. Carolina at New Jersey. Looks like Carolina... Uh, may knock out New Jersey. They're in overtime right now, tied 2-2. Carolina's up uh, 3-1 to in that series. And then Florida's trying to knock out Toronto. Uh, they're up 3-2, to which I kind of laugh because there's that video floating around about the Toronto fans, you know, saying we want Florida after Florida beat Boston. And it's like, be careful what you wish for. Um, so, uh, you know, Toronto could still pull it off, but... Uh, I just thought that that was pretty funny. But what what do you think about the playoffs with these teams? Like, who do you like, or who do you want to win, or just just your overall thought as we're getting closer to the you know the uh, conference finals? Oh, Vegas and Oilers, the, entertaining. They hate each other, and I love it. It's like it sucks that uh that Nurse got suspended for instigating a fight with like. Uh, less than a minute or whatever, less than five minutes. That, I think that's a stupid rule, and you're just taking away from the game. I keep saying, this game needs to change, and you're not making it better. Like Two willing combatants want to fight. Let them go. Don't suspend them. Pecci, that slash, that was bad, and I'm glad he got that one-game suspension. 
that that was that was so uncalled for that it was unclassy dumb but it, it, yeah it was stupid and he just screwed his team over he's a really good player and you know what i i, I, I like like watching him play numerous years I, I can't see him losing his composure like that so i don't understand and then like mcdavid tries to go at him the only thing it was like like the refs jumped on mcdavid like it was crazy because Petchy wanted to fight McDavid. They're not fighters. I think it would have been a fair fight because like I don't think like either of them could fight. But the refs jumped in so, so quick. Um, yeah, it's just that that was just crazy. This series is going nuts, and I wish it could like last for longer. I don't know who's gonna win. Me personally, I'm going for Vegas. I do not want Edmonton to win. I can't stand them. They just cry babies, and I'm sure they're still crying about uh, that that game, <laughs> that three goal lead or goal interference. It's just it's annoying. So uh, I'm I'm seriously with, with Vegas, which sucks because we all don't like Vegas either. Um, uh, another one too uh, with Dallas and Seattle. Seattle surprised the hell out of me. They beat Colorado, which was heartbreaking. Uh, I think I think a big part of it was Nishkinen's. Uh, off ice incident. If you guys haven't heard about that, apparently there was a a female in his hotel room that was so drunk that she had uh, she needed like medical attention. Uh, like, I want to say like four hours before the game started, and the Avalanche, which they're my second favorite team, but I, I'm gonna call them out because they're not doing a really good job at PR stuff. You're keeping everyone under the light about it, but something went on and no one's talking about it, so it's like you're making us think of the worst. But I think that contributes to the factor that Seattle just like took them over and, and, and beat them. And I hope we said too, like the Avalanche don't have the that elite goalie to do it. Gogioff is a great goalie, but I don't think he's that that goalie to take him to the next level. Kemper, he wasn't that great goalie. He was a great goalie, but he wasn't that elite goalie to take him to the next level. Just the way the team was playing elevated them, but it's just it's crazy those stories. Um Mike, like you mentioned before, Florida, holy crap, the Bruins. I I don't think like I want to say ninety eight percent of the people in the hockey world thought the Bruins were gonna stomp on Florida. And Florida elevate their game. They just change it up and they're rolling. They're like just steamrolling over everyone. Once they won that game against Boston, their confidence level is so great, and they're shutting down the the core four of of Toronto and I'm not mad about that I'm happy about that I, I'm now I'm full Florida I'm full Florida I really hope Florida wins the Stanley Cup Kachuk is being everything they really wanted him to be so that's really cool so <laughs> it's gonna be a, a great thing but my final four where I really want would be uh Vegas versus Seattle and I love Jason Robinson he, he's great but Vegas for Seattle, and I want Florida versus. Ah, oh, this is hard, but I'll say New Jersey because I like Jack Hughes, and Zegers likes Jack. That's his best friend, so I think that that'd be a good matchup. But if I had it my way, I I'd pick Florida to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I feel I feel the same way. I mean, if Florida was able to beat Boston and go all the way and win the Stanley Cup, what a story that would be! That would be crazy, and uh, I I like Seattle and Vegas. If they face each other, that'd be fine. If Dallas gets in there, that's okay. I just really don't want the Oilers <laughs> out of the West. That's the one I just don't want. And then 
in the East, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Carolina. I mean, I don't dislike New Jersey, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Carolina versus Florida. So that's kind of where I'm at. But, yeah, I mean, the playoffs have been fun and entertaining, um, you know, catching up on all those. And, and, you know, we still have our brackets going if you're in there. I haven't even looked. I don't even know who's winning what. I'll have to check on it and see. But our top three are going to get prizes. So, um, you know, when we get to the end, remind us. So a uh, cu- couple other things just to wind up the show a little bit about the Ducks. Uh, some good stuff and, and maybe some not so good stuff. <laughs> we had... Um, Ryan Getzloff's 38th birthday was this this week, so happy birthday to the the former captain. You know, still always the you know Ducks captain in our hearts. And you had uh, Troy Terry had his um, baby recently, so he's a new a new father. So you know, uh, happy um, for uh, Nis for uh, Troy Terry being a new dad. And then you also had Shattenkirk was nominated for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. So some good stuff there for the Ducks. And then um, maybe some kind of interesting stuff for the ducks we talked about the the team being rebuilt and things going on the ice and and whatnot but uh, we don't really know what's going on with the media team um, we found out that dan wood was let go from the radio broadcast and then uh, also josh brewster who does um, the duck calls uh, post game show so i don't know what's going on with that uh, maybe alexis downey is going to fill one of those roles kind of kind of what i'm thinking i didn't ask her but that's just kind of uh, what I'm thinking, you know, we did have her on the, on the show, you know, during the season, but maybe she takes one of those roles, but, uh, I feel bad, uh, you know, for Dan and Josh, uh, good dudes, you know, that put in a lot of time. I know Dan was like 14 or 15 years with the ducks and Josh was like 17. So, um, just kind of a little bit of interesting times with the ducks, uh, all the way around. I, I feel like they're the most interesting team in the world, Eddie, but, uh, uh, I'll let you kind of wind it up. If you have anything else you want to say about, you know, Dan or Josh or anything with the ducks and we'll kind of close out the show. Yeah. I think, um, Alexis Downey, I, I think she's like ready to take like the whole next step. She's really good at what she does. She's really like really knowledgeable. She's, she's a great hockey, like, just the way, like her her hockey IQ, her passion for the game, it's it's up there. So I'm looking forward to her taking the next step because Duck Stream is really great, but I think she's uh, she's ready for for more. So I I want to like congratulate her in advance because I I seem like the Ducks are moving in that direction, but the whole Dan Wood thing and Josh Brewster, it's just I think it's a really big blow, and the Ducks are making a huge mistake and. I don't know who their media person is, or, or not media person, but who makes these like these like PR decisions. It's just stupid. It's like that person from Bud Light. Like you made a big mistake. The fans love Dan Wood. Dan Wood was such a, a great person. His voice. He was he was Ducks hockey. Even though he started with San Jose, but he was still Ducks hockey. I had numerous conversations with him. And he was just he he cared about the team. He cared about every fan that approached him. I asked him for like professional advice. He didn't. He didn't hesitate. He told me to come join him and talk to him. And it's just uh, Josh Brewster too as well. Um, Dwight, Mike, you had numerous interactions with him on this show. It's just I don't know where the Ducks are going, and I hope you're not trying to like emulate what ESPN is doing because they're freaking horrible. But it's gonna like make or break and. I, I, I don't understand the whole decision-making of why you let go of Josh Brewster and Dan Wood. Um, you could have added to it, but I, I think the biggest problem is, like, bellies and and, and your whole like your whole thing of not allowing fans to 
see the games more or listen to the games. And, and I'm not going to call anyone out, but and I'm not going to say it but by name, but the people that call the games on Bally's, maybe they should be re- replaced, not Dan Wood. I think Alexis like definitely earned a spot to be on that on Bally's in that TV spot because like, the way she talks about hockey, her voice, she's knowledgeable. Like I, I could probably bet money if any fan asked her any question about hockey in any aspect, she would fucking stomp you. Oh, that's another fourth one. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you edit that out, but no, it's just. I'm so frustrated because Dan was a really, really, uh, I'll probably call him a friend. So many conversations we had with him, Mike, you and I, it's just, it's so mind-boggling. Like, why did they just let him go? And I don't know what the Ducks are trying to do and what direction they're trying to go, but they have to tread softly because, like, our fans are really passionate about our media people, about radio analysts. So if you bring in the wrong person, it's not going to work. If you bring in Alexis Downey, definitely. She, she is loved instantly already. But this, if I'm Alexis Downey too, the way you treat the, the people you just let go, I'd be hesitant on uh, <laughs> wanting to stay with the Ducks. I'd probably want to go somewhere else. That's really bad business. And I'm not, you know, I am calling out my team. It sucks to say that, but I, I, I wish Dan and, and Josh the best. And I hope they, Dan, I just, Man, I, I don't want to talk anymore because it's a problem that I found. But it just—it was really unfortunate to hear about that news, Mike. Yeah, big time. Um, you know, and uh, I wish the best for both of them because, like you said, Dan used to answer both of our duck cues all the time, and and a lot of you out there too that would submit them as well. You know, it was always good to hear that they had. Um, Josh Brewster was you know not just on the post game show this year; he was uh, intermingled. You know, in the pregame show, and then sometimes during the game as well, and the intermissions and stuff. So I thought he was getting a bigger role. So I, I, that's what I think. Josh, when Dan went, was was definitely surprising. And then I don't know with with Josh getting more of a role. I, I thought that was even more surprising because I thought I, what I was thinking is when Dan went, I thought, oh well, maybe Josh is gonna take part of Dan's role is kind of what I was maybe thinking initially. And then when he went, I was like, uh, okay, so what are we doing here? So I don't know. And, um, but you're right too. There's, there's kind of a league wide problem with accessibility, um, to the games. Uh, it's with the ducks too. Uh, I, I've talked to Phil about this a lot of times, but when you don't have the games on AM FM radio, um, you're cutting out a big part of your audience and when you on the television you have selective stuff now because a lot of people ask me they're like how do you watch the games how do you watch the games I, I have AT&T so I watch them that way and then I have the ESPN Hulu to catch those couple games but if you don't have AT&T and and the sports package or just you know or programming channel thing then like you're, you're screwed because there's only a handful of games that are on ESPN um, TNT, right? And some of these national networks, there's there's not a lot of ways to watch Ducks hockey if you don't have that that thing. But it's not just them. I mean, it's a big problem with the league, you know. And, and it goes back again. It, it kind of coming first full circle on the show, but it goes back to the draft lottery. Why, why are you pre-recording the draft lottery and then you don't even really promote it? 
like again you're cutting off your audience you have a chance here to do it live make it exciting have some extra commercials in there get more responses in there and blow it up and and get it out there like like you said eddie stream it have it on the on the radio have it on the tv have it on every damn platform you possibly can is what i would do and and that just goes for all the teams in the sport in general like i don't i don't understand even in other sports too you see this where you have to have this company's um, you know, programming to watch this team, but then you have to go have another programming company to watch another team, and then it just it just keeps on going, and it, and it's like they think, hey, well, everyone's gonna pay if I can get everybody to pay for all these little programs to watch all their different teams on different programs. No, guess what's gonna happen? People that aren't rich like Eddie and I, we're gonna be like, okay, well, I'm gonna pick my my what I'm gonna watch. Now, obviously, hockey's a sport that I like the most, so I'm gonna pick the Ducks and watch the Ducks, but. If if the Rams or the Angels are on some kind of special thing and I got to go get that, I, I don't know if I would do that. Like I mean, like I I, I only have so much money I'm going to spend on on watching um tele, you know quote tele, television, which I really don't watch a lot of television because it's all it's all uh I won't go into it. But it, television is what it is. It's it's the, there's there's stuff behind it. But you know the biggest thing is trying to watch it for the sports, and it sucks when they they basically like fraction everything off and you have to do other things um and other services and you know buy other you know routers and all this other crap whatever you got to do to go watch so that that's the part that's frustrating to me so um and it's frustrating that these two guys are gone i hope i just hope that they um you know the best happens to them you know i sent some messages to dan right when it happened and then i i talked to josh offline too as well wished him the best it's just kind of frustrating those guys put in a lot of time um, with the team so I'm really curious to see what team we're going to have on ice next year and I'm really curious to see who's going to be uh, you know covering the team uh, at least on the radio waves Eddie and I'll, I'll leave it at that and give you the final word no no well said you said it really great it's just it's it's just like frustrating that the Ducks did this and there was like it wasn't necessary like you had no idea like, fans loved him Fans love both of them, and you just you you you're cutting them off. Um, I mean, we pay to watch this team, we pay to go to the games, we pay an extraordinary amount to drink freaking what eighteen dollar tall cans, and you're gonna start cutting off the game without a whole reason why. I think it's just total crap, and and I, me personally, I'm really getting tired of the way hockey's going, and then the Ducks doing this, it just it. it does a sour taste in my mouth and it's like I'm trying my hardest to to love the game but in my heart I'm not as passionate as I was years ago and I'm losing slowly losing more and more passion which sucks because I love this game like I, I, I in my heart I probably would have died for this game but the, the whole decisions the Ducks made and the way the game is changing I don't know Mike in a few years I might be done with hockey in general that's just my, my my personal opinion. It just it's I don't like it, and especially losing someone like Dan and Josh. It was just it it was just stupid. And I hear the them talking about oh we want to grow the game. We want more fans, but you're not doing it. Like Snoop Dogg wanted to, or he wants to be part of a, a whole organization. Yeah, I know Snoop Dogg has a reputation, his weed stuff and all that crap, but he made some good points. He called out the Gary Bettman about 
hey, you want to grow the game, but you're making it so hard for fans to watch. You have to, like, jump through hoops. You have to go to different streaming sites to actually watch a damn game. Like, why not make it more accessible? Snoop Dogg wanted to incorporate that if he owned a team or owned something. that He wanted to make a the one streaming service where you could watch your damn team play. He wanted to build rinks to inner city kids. They can get introduced to hockey because that's growing the game. It seems like what we have in leadership right now, Gary Bettman, um, even the Ducks too, is just in, in every team, I'll call it every team, they don't want to grow the game. All they want to do is just keep getting profits from from the wrong reasons and keep the same fans they do. It's just, it's not working out. And you know what? You're going to lose fans. I was one of the biggest fans in hockey, and I'm getting to the point where I'm not sure I'm going to be a fan in the next two or three years. And that's really heartbreaking and sad to see because my dad that just passed away in January – he got me into this game, and I had the most passion for hockey. I woke up thinking about hockey. I went to sleep thinking about hockey. Now I just, I, I'm kind of losing that, and I want this game to be more accessible to people. I want everyone to be able to watch. I don't want people writing me all the time. I'm sure you get the same thing, Mike. How do I watch the game? How mm-hmm. do I do this? How do I do it? Yep. I think it's bullshit, and you're losing a lot of fan bases by that over, what, a few dollars? Make this game more accessible. It's just it's just crazy how it's going. I'm sorry I'm going off on a rant, but I think it's an important one because we're getting tired of this. And the Vegas Golden Knights just uh, announced that they're going to have a free streaming service for everyone in, in Vegas and their surrounding areas to watch the game. Smart. It's Yeah, why not just – you want to grow the game, do it for a few years. Let all these games get broadcasted for free, put out for free. When people – at bars or anything, they, they can watch it. You know how hard it is to go to a bar and actually find a hockey game? It's just like, and not for the playoffs. Playoffs, obviously, is different. But, like, in regular time, I I, I want to watch, let me see, for example, I want to watch New York play New Jersey. You can't do that in, at bars, like, regular season at all. Unless it's playoffs. So, I, I think that hockey has a lot of ways to go. But I don't think it's going to be trending that way. I think the hockey's content with the piece of shit uh, commission they have so I mean this sport's never going to grow and I think it's just going to digress so my rant my whole rant's over but I just I had to say it because I'm getting frustrated that we can't grow this game with we have the greedy people that are in charge just want the uh, quick buck and not like grow this game with everyone else yeah, I mean, there's it's just there's things like we've talked about, you know, starting at the beginning of the show and now at the end of the show. There's just ways that they can improve this game and make it a lot better, and, and hopefully they do because, like you said, uh, it, it's it's kind of gotten worse. And I have these conversations with other people all the time that hit me up about other ideas they have, and I don't want to share them because they're they're their ideas, and you know, and I don't know, maybe they'll they'll lead to something. But they, there's people with a lot of great ideas with how they can grow this game, kind of along the lines of what you said with like Snoop Dogg, uh, making it more accessible and, and getting it out there um, into all all the you know um, communities and whatnot, and trying to grow it better. So uh, with that, I mean, we'll pretty much wrap up the show. A good show, a lot of lot of stuff we covered, a lot of ground on this one. And uh, we'll look forward to the draft. We'll, just, we'll be towards the end of June. 
Um, we may or may not have another show before then. I'm not really sure. Maybe we'll, you know, if, if some other news comes up with the team or, or maybe we'll look over some more picks or something like that that could be potential uh, players that the Ducks will draft. And I know Thomas has got a crap ton of articles that he's, he's going to start pumping out to getting into the summer mode. So look, so look forward for that. And, um, and then also, you know, don't forget we have uh, patreon.com uh, slash ducks and pucks. Check us out there. Uh, you know, we're, we're at all our social media and everything. Um, thank you for all the support and let's go ducks. <laughs>